One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Square Ball Podcast. Here we are then, episode 110 after the Bolton victory, top of the league, five on the bounce. With me, Michael Normanton. Hello. And Daniel Chapman, Moscow White. Hello there. We've got the full previews of Christmas coming up. Uh, Heroes and villains of the last week. We'll look at the Bolton game in a moment and go full size for you in a bit. Is Christmas not cancelled? You're talking about previewing something that I want no part of. Happiness, presents, gifts? No. Phil is Nividad. Has uh, is gone. It's a I don't know the Spanish, Spanish that has gone. <laughs> Phil is Nividad. Nividad. Well, whatever. <laughs> Before we dive into that, if you fancy getting your hands on some winter clobber, jumpers, hoodies, T-shirts and magazine subscriptions, get one of those if you fancy supporting the podcast. Digital sub £1 a month, all at thesquareball.net. Hey lads, as Celine Dion once said, this is getting serious now. Wasn't that Jermaine Stewart or Jermaine Jackson? All of them. We're top of the league and it's five wins on the bounce and it's starting to look like we may be aiming for promotion this season. I did say we'd win all these games and the Aston Villa match. Mm, well, let's... not sure about Villa, but you know, we will come to that. But this one was the one niller, as Mitch, the lad from my work, the Bolton fan, predicted. We would beat them, but not make it easy for us. It's probably how it turned out. Really, I thought we were going to steamroll them um, at the start, sort out that really damp pitch by getting a big steamroller over it, flatten it down, give them a gift for the rest of the season, a nice surface to pass the ball on, because they like that Bolton. They like a a fast passing game. We don't another team to just bang it in the air at our uh, our one centre half all game. They may prefer if you'd steamrolled the hotel, maybe. Isn't that the only thing that's keeping them? It's, well, it's either the only thing financially keeping them afloat. I'm sure Ken Bates would tell you, or it is a white elephant draining money out the back door. I feel we've been distracted back into the old ways, the negative ways. Let's be happy. We're five on the bounce. We're top of the league. Patrick Bamford. Yay. It took a while for him to get. Why didn't he score in the first 10 minutes? Why did he have to wait for an hour to be played before Patrick scores his goal? Scoring with your first touch, joking aside, it's not bad, is it? Decent. Not bad after a, He's had a stint now. He's had a long rest though, hasn't he? You've got to, you've got to come fresh, haven't you? There's no excuses now. No distractions. He was just straight onto a beautiful through ball. Knocked in the back of that. It was a funny game because we did start well and then it did just get down into how effective can Leeds United's defender Pontus Janssen be against all the aerial balls in the Football League Championship. I think all of them for every game were just directed into our match. I think all the other matches were probably like tiki-taka for the day. We used the full quota. Yeah, but also we repelled them with Pontus Janssen and Calvin Phillips. I did like when Bielsa brought on Arpo Halme with, I think, a minute of stoppage time left, as if to say, 
oh, you know what, Pontus, you've worked really hard. I'm going to give you some help when... I don't think he even had time to, to make one clearance. But. I think, no, that's probably more to do with showing off again, isn't it? Well, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's like, we could have sent him on earlier. We didn't need to. Yeah. Jansen was brilliant in this. There was several occasions where they tried to take him on and he brushed them aside like a, a man playing with a kid. They're like, Will Buckley at one point ran at him and he just went, fuck off, Will. Just yeah. stood in front of him. And just was like, you're, not, you're never that quick. You're even slower now. I'm think, much bigger than you. Just get out of my way. And that was the moment when, so we can see the kind of the... The, the ladder of quality. Pontus Janssen swerved Will Buckley away because he's absolutely rubbish. Will Buckley had just taken the ball off of Lewis Baker by sneaking up behind him and basically just taking the ball off him. So I think that kind of, maybe there's a, mm-hmm. the tiers of quality on that pitch. Baker is a Premier League footballer. He's supposed to be a two-footed wonderkind. Mm. And I see very little evidence of him having... Anything, but you're not going to say any different with your agenda against young players, as it is. He's 23. You just said he's a wonderkind. Yeah, well, exactly, a former wonderkind, and now he's just I don't know a wonder. It's a wonder that he even gets in our team, but I suppose we didn't have much choice. Do you think he's running out of chances now because he keeps getting pulled off at half time? It's not a good look. You'd, you'd like to think you could last more than a half against Bolton Wanderers, and when there's not really a, an obvious replacement on the bench as well. But you've been that bad that they just you just have to go, oh, just get him off. <laughs> Pablo, you're just going to have to take over in the middle. <laughs> Jack, you play wide, we'll just deal with it. Lewis, we'll sit on the bus. Here's a bag of sweets. See you later. Yeah. I know there's a sort of a, an element of having to play your way into form sometimes, but he's had two starts now and he's been genuinely the worst player on the pitch both times. I think the worst, when Buckley took the ball off him, attracted my attention and then when we were breaking from uh, Bolton Corner and Shackleton's making a run towards the halfway line he, he aims this powerful through ball that would set him away so he would score and he pinged it right off the back of Shackleton's heels it's like what is wrong with this guy it's like it's such an easy thing to do and he just can't do it with all your extensive experience of professional football I've seen a lot of them what sort of a midfielder is he meant to be because he doesn't seem he can't really tackle he doesn't particularly stop people running at us he doesn't really run with the ball he doesn't seem to have a great range of passing he doesn't I'm I'm aware I'm taking him apart a bit but he's a millionaire probably it's fine But what's he meant to be? Rich people have feelings too I'm confused what is he meant to be? He may be in the Johnny House and kind of attacking, but well, not... One, maybe we're not seeing his good game in 10 then, because that's why. It's like enough house in there, that's unfair. That's <laughs> that's kind of my impression of it. He's supposed to be an attacking midfielder, but he's not like a, bless his soul, Saiz, who he's going to mm. twist and turn all game. He's more, he'll play passes and... But, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've You'd watched You watch YouTube and stuff. I thought you'd have a, an idea of what he did in when he was 16, playing for Chelsea or there something. Was a, I did watch, there was a great video... Highlights real when he signed, but it was mainly of him taking free kicks and scoring with both feet. So that was his big thing: is nobody knows what foot he's going to use for this free kick. And then there was also something like a twenty-five thousand word essay analysing his time on loan in the Netherlands. That um, was f- like, I didn't read that. I was interested, but not that not that interested. Well, he made way, and Clark came on, made the difference again. Uh, he's doing all right. Well, when you talk about breaking from defence, that was. Calvin Phillips did a pure Maldini on, I think it was Will Buckley again, that he uh, stole the ball off, set Clark away from deep inside our own half. And instead of pinging the ball off of the back of one of his teammates, sensible run forward, 
head up. Who can I give this this ball to? And then once it came to Pablo Hernandez, the rest was just sexy. That was very nice, wasn't it? How far away can you make someone from? Because that defender was a couple of yards away, it looked like. He, sh- he shouldn't be able to make someone. It's, it's a close-up thing. Somebody tweeted us, actually, this afternoon, saying, was that the same, the same defender I saw that. who Bamford megged in the League Cup game? Hobbs. Was Apparently it? so, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And what was great about this is you could see Hernandez did it deliberately. There wasn't an element of fortune of him, like, stepping over a through ball that was meant to go, meant to go around him. There's a gap between, the gap between his legs appearing and Hernandez going, that's where I'm putting the ball. Oh, that gap again. Very familiar with it. It's probably, they'll be drawn, sending, uh, I don't know, the AA will start selling route maps for it or something. Get it an ordnance survey of it. Showing off again. Showing off because we can. Nice finish from little Pat Bamford as well. He's done all right. Good comeback. A nice finish and then a very nice celebration and a nice smile. And just a nice guy, really, isn't Lovely he? Lovely lad. Lovely, nice. I fell down a bit of a YouTube wormhole of watching uh, like Borough teammates videos because there's one of Bamford talking about teammates. But then I started watching other people from Borough to see if Bamford featured in their answers. A couple of them said he was the least intelligent person. <laughs> <laughs> but in, they all said academically very good, but no common sense. Not very streetwise was the was the thing listed. There was one with him and Lewis Baker at Leeds where doing the same thing, where they're asking questions about each other and Baker's ends it by taking a pair of scissors to Patrick Bamford's vans, saying because he's had these trainers for years and poor. It is like the typical, like it was no surprise to hear Patrick Bamford go like, oh no, I've had these shoes for years. I love my vans. I bet he owns a pair of Crocs. I wouldn't be surprised. He came across in the uh, the teammates thing, like a very nice boy. He didn't want it. He was like worst dressed, and he was like, "Oh no, I don't want. To, I don't really want to say everyone. Everyone dresses quite nicely. Least intelligent. Oh, I mean, there's the, I, I, that's that'd be unfair, wouldn't it? Really, that's not a very nice thing to say. And the the one thing um, that I took apart from the vans being uh, destroyed from that. Uh, interview was that he hadn't had a shower before going to training that morning. He said he'd been too tired to uh, to wash before going to work. So that came out. So th- this dirty student, posh boy lifestyle that he is, uh, he's revealing to us, not least in his um, his aftermatch interview where he sort of, he praised everybody, the great, great pass from Pablo. And I just had to, all I had to do was finish it off. And then uh, it was down to the rest of the team to grind it out. And they worked their nuts off, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> Bless him. In what context are you not allowed to say nuts for fuck's sake? It's absolutely fine. Even on LUTV. I want to ruffle his hair a little bit. Little Pat Bamford. He probably spends hours in the morning ruffling his own hair. Can't be bothered having a shower, but he's got to get his bed head just right. To have someone like that to bring off the bench, though, I saw the someone shared a screenshot of a previous game at Bolton, and the bench was just horrendous. It must have been peak Warnock here. I think Varney was about... Varney would have been the option, I think, off the bench. Not Polion? You're not going to bring Polion on? Mm, possibly. Where I is he Polion. now? Bradford? Uh, Still? I've lost track of him I for a while. Probably I think I, I finally unfollowed him on Twitter after about five years. <laughs> I don't care what this guy's doing anymore. Nice when he was here, but I'm over it now. But yeah, Roof uh, in the background of the celebrations managed to not look terribly pissed off. There was a smile on his face. But he is so useful as an asset, I think he's going to come into his own. Hopefully, if he doesn't get another injury now, second half of the season. Why would you say this? Where's the wood for us to touch? 
And once again, opposition manager complaining about a uh, what he said was a stonewall penalty. It we was, to be fair. No, I don't think it was. I think they just tripped over one another's legs. I'd want it given. Yeah, we would. But irrelevant of that debate, as we established last time on the previous podcast, we don't care because we're owed, we're owed a lot of fortune. Exactly. I mean, what would have been the the net result of that penalty being given? One, Bailey Peacock Farrell probably would have saved it because that's what he does. Two, even if he hadn't, Bolton would have got a point. They don't need a point. They need three. <laughs> so what's the point? And then ultimately their players aren't going to get paid anyway and the club will probably be out of business by the end of the season. So what's the point in giving them a penalty now? It'll all be irrelevant. Just give everything to Leeds. So it was, it was absolutely fine. I was a bit concerned by our performance in this, I have to say. I got accused of negativity afterwards, but I thought we were quite bad. And we, even though they didn't have any chances, I think that was down to them being terrible there were a few times when we gave the ball away and they should have really carved out a chance off the back of us being sloppy with it. But then, because they're rubbish, Will Buckley just got it and sort of ran into Pontus Janssen half the time. Do you think conditions played a part? Or you, I mean, it was, dread, it was dreadful looking. It's going to be Volga now and again. Can't be, we can't be brilliant all the time. Yeah, I suppose. I think if you look at since the West Brom game, when we conceded four, since then we've conceded one and we've gone just down to just playing with one defender. Something strange has happened defensively, whether we've become, whether it's by a bit of luck, you always need a bit of luck though, or just playing really well, or this Bielsa's theory of I can get through a championship season with one centre half. I don't know. I think my theory is it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're top, so it's fine. Well, exactly. We're, and we're not conceding goals. And even if we're not playing brilliantly, we are. Maybe we've gone from the sort of the depression after losing to West Brom we've kind of forgotten that actually these five wins have come against an injury crisis. So the fear we had going into these games was like, oh, we haven't got any players, what are we going to do? We've come out the other end going, well, we're not playing very well. It's like, well, we've barely got a team. And even with the 11 that we have, one of them's left on a transfer, never mind an injury. We're having to play Lewis Baker of all things. So we started the game with 10 men and it's... Paul, look, tell me him. I'm wrong. Tell Watch his game and tell me I'm wrong. Leave he him. can prove me wrong. It's fine if you come back in the next match because Bielsa will probably start him against Aston Villa because he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yes, we saw that uh, Jack Grealish was injured for this match, so I decided to even it up by not playing a playmaker for us either. No, this, um, is, not, this is not the new positive world we live in. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get some positivity into Michael's <laughs> brain. He's the one coming off, along going like... like enough Lewis Baker again. You're the one who said we were shit. Oh, we were good enough to beat Bolton. Five wins in a row, <laughs> top of the league, six points from third, are we still? Uh, I Just check in, we are recording at the time of the Derby Forest match. There's about 20 minutes left in that and it's currently nil-nil, so yeah, six points, clear. And he's sitting over there going, well, bloody rubbish. <laughs> well, we'll know for sure by the time we get to the end of the podcast, but as it stands at the minute, six points, clear of thirds. It's all getting a bit nice, is this? I keep reading stats of you know only two teams have ever not gone up in the last million years who've mm. had this many points at this stage if if people who've been top at this stage have like in 13 of the last 14 seasons have gone up all this kind of thing those are all made up stats by the way but um things like that and i still think Nah. It's a good job that we as a football club through our 100 years of history don't have a record of getting very close to the finishing line and finishing <laughs> second. How many times have we finished second Imagine in the previous second is actually fine this year. 
or just not winning. I think losing yeah. is our kind of that's snatching, our tradition. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory kind of stuff. That kind of it stuff. It was uh, Sven, actually, who uh, is our Norwegian friend, who looked at the numbers and he said, of the 11 clubs who've had this number of points at this stage of the season over the last 15 years, all 11 have been promoted. I would be interested to know, and I, we should have checked, but whether one of the ones that didn't go up was us. Because, again, this is taking us in a negative direction, but there is an, uh, an aura of that QPR match in 2010. I think we were second and we beat the league leaders, Neil Warnock's QPR. And it was that whole thing, we're going to turn the corner with grace and we'll go into the January transfer window and it's just going to, we'll go whoosh and everything's going to be great. And we didn't go up. We didn't even make the playoffs. We went from... <laughs> from being nailed on promotion to three points off it. So I wonder if one of those teams might have been us already. But, but, but yeah, we can't do it twice. There was the year as well that Phil Hay obviously said, Leeds have definitely made the playoffs now, <laughs> the more monk, or less. The but then we know year. Phil Hay to be a, a wrong now, don't we? So. <laughs> Do you, think, do you think this is just your irrational fears? Or rational fears coming to the fore, just based on history, but this is different. Doesn't it feel different to you? It is all based on history and fear, but that's fine as a Leeds fan. I think history and fear, we should always be frightened of ourselves. The good thing is probably encapsulated by Bamford's goal because all the goals we've scored lately have been, we've gone wide and it's been crosses of some variety or the Sheffield United, Dean Henderson has given us a goal. Whereas I've not seen for a long time a through ball finished like that. And so that's a, a Hernandez to Bamford, number 10 to the striker thing that we don't have with, that we didn't have with Saez and Roof. They were doing, Saez is sending the ball wide and then he's trying to do that little clip thing into the back post for Pablo Hernandez to head in. So it was a new kind of goal. And I think Bamford kind of gives us the opportunity of a new way to play. And Saez going means there's got to be a new solution at number 10, whether Baker sorts his life out and starts doing things, whether Pablo plays there for a while, whether Izzy Brown doesn't just consistently collapse every time he tries to come back in the under-23s and he starts doing things... We have had this positive run, five games, five wins, and done it without Bamford, without Brown, without Berardi, without Ailing, without Cooper. All players who are coming back by the end of January, we hope. Everyone's worrying about how we're going, who we're going to sign in January. A lot of players who will be like new signings. We, we could get stronger. We could get better. If I was a fan of another club looking at us, I'd think they're definitely going to go up. I'd be loving it. Like if you were Wolves last season... And you're in, you've got that multi-million pound squad that you've cheated your way to owning. And you're top of the league and beating everybody all the time. Well, they seem to be enjoying themselves. They certainly enjoyed hammering us. Not quite used to this. Are we supposed to enjoy this? Christmas run still to come. We'll have a look at that in a bit. Heroes and villains to be decided soon. But first, we've got to deal with that rather large elephant. Well, it's not in the room anymore. It's gone to Spain. It's packed its trunk. Yeah. Said farewell to the circus. Yep. Off it went with a trumpety trump, 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 trump. Samuel Saez. I believe that was his official, yeah. like his transfer request. That's what he wrote down. Samuel Saez gone to Getafe on loan, viewed to a permanent. Uh, th- there's quite a lot of loaded meaning in that very short statement that the club put on the website about him remaining with his family in Spain. Hasn't he only gone there for the money? Because he's not playing. Spat his dummy out. That's what I've heard on Twitter. But yeah, uh, clearly that's not the case. Well, it's hard. I mean, unless he was to come out and and tell us exactly what the reasons are. Guesswork is involved, but with Bielsa saying it seems to be that it's a non-footballing matter and that it's he has personal reasons for wanting to go. And then the background with his partner, um, who's expecting their second baby any moment in the next few weeks. So she was off to looking forward to having it in Spain. She did say on Instagram that she was very happy 
with the, the care that she'd had in, in Leeds, but she'll be glad to get back to her own gynecologist that she, she trusts because uh, it doesn't sound like it's been the easiest time. And trying to work out why he's gone made me think of the research I did on him when he turned up because I couldn't understand why. Samu Saiz, who's brilliant, had arrived fully formed, age 26, and had done nothing before. It's like, where the hell did he come from? So looking back at his his career up to joining Leeds, he's from Madrid, and he started at Real Madrid. Then he went to Atletico Madrid B, Getafe, who were in Madrid B, back to Real Madrid B, back to Atletico Madrid B, did this tour of all the Madrid B teams, the reserve teams, never getting anywhere, never said basically he was a pisshead. He's always in the nightclubs. He was always late for training, late for matches, and he was going to waste his talent. And then along the way, he got involved with Elena Miller, who is a reality TV star, who is probably the famous one out of the two in Spain. And they had a daughter while he was at Atletico Madrid B, where people were starting to say, he's at it, he's bombing out, this is his last chance. Had the daughter, and then also Elena after that had an operation, she had surgery for a Uh, She announced it on her Instagram saying, everybody thinks my life is perfect, but you don't know that I've just been given the all clear from surgery for a precancerous condition. And that seemed to coincide with him going to Huesca, finding a coach who put an arm around him, and he suddenly started playing the best football of his career that made him worth £3 million to Leeds. It was like he grew up because of fatherhood, health, maybe something kind of knocks his head together. Now, according to Phil Hayes' reports, he's wanted out since the summer. And looking back to see, and we know that uh, Elena is pregnant again now. So looking back at what's been going on with her in July, she, when she announced the pregnancy on Instagram, as she always does, and whenever she announces anything on Instagram, Spanish gossip websites love to widely report it. So it's probably quite well known in Spain, not here, that they're gone to have a checkup to confirm that she was pregnant and found out at that point that she was supposed to have twins. But one of the twins, as she said, it has not come through, which is shit from what I can gather, like that's going to, that's going to put a a downer on, on anybody. And I think also with the previous difficulties that she'd had with the first birth and then her health after that. So again, that's when it's extrapolating. It's like, is this the theory that after his season, we saw the way he ended the season with Paul Heckingbottom. He said that he lost interest. He'd lost heart. He had the whole spitting thing. We'd seen the best and the worst of him last season, summer. It was the start of July. So pre-season hadn't started if I was them two, I can well understand them going, do you know what? She would just fucking go back to Spain. We'll take our daughter there and we'll have the new one there as well. And it'll be much easier. That's not come to pass. Now he's out the team and the baby's coming due. And whether it was a matter of them having something since the summer of saying, if you can get us back to Spain, that'd be great. An offer from Getafe emerges and it sounds like he's gone like a shot. He's just gone, I want to go. Because it's, it's from their point of view, if we're right that they've got these personal circumstances where it'd be much happier if they're back with family in their own language with everything that they know and are familiar with and it's warmer. And from a footballing point of view, he's not going to be putting himself through games like the one at Bolton on Saturday. He can play on the warm, lush grass of uh, of Madrid every weekend with referees who are a little bit kinder. They don't get annoyed when you're waving a card in the face. It kind of all, it solves a lot of their problems for their life. They were going to offer him a new contract to lead. So if you wanted a pay rise, a pay rise was coming. So there's nothing, nothing in that point of view. It's not like a double my money or I'm fucking off kind of thing. It's just, I'm going to be happier in Madrid and I'm going. Michael, do you think there's a question mark maybe over his mentality, the personal stuff aside, that he's maybe not got the 
I want to be careful how I word this because I don't want to sound like I'm ignoring all these personal factors, but like the people who make it to the top have kind of got that single-mindedness and focus and determination. And do you think maybe he's not quite got that? And that's why he's never quite made it. He's possibly a footballer for who playing football isn't the most important thing. He looks like he enjoys it an awful lot, but maybe he's just not particularly happy doing it in Leeds, which is <laughs> different personalities. Like you say, some people are, will do absolutely everything to further their career. They'll go and quite happily go on loan to Iceland for a season, come back, tr- work their way through divisions, different things like that. Saez has obviously just thought, this is probably the best opportunity of my career. He, he's on the verge of getting promoted with a Leeds team, which would be huge. He, he's on the verge then of Premier League wages, which it would be, you'd have to guess a minimum of 35, 40 grand a week, probably if we went up. He's giving it away for what sounds like probably not a pay rise, but for something that's going to make him happier. And I suppose you've got to say, fair enough. <laughs> if that's what he wants to do, it's it's his life at the end of the day and he's playing for Leeds seems more important to me than that, but then I'm not having to do it. And sometimes when you're away from home and you're if you're a home sort of person, you're away from home, even if it's within the same country, you can have moments where you think, oh, I wish I was just in my mum's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be better than this. I'm, look at me here. I've got nothing. I've, I've got, I'm, what am I even here for? Those lonely <laughs> nights in the travel lodge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He barely left Madrid until he was about 24 in Huesca, where he went. It's only like a couple of hours up the motorway. So, I mean, that's another thing as well. It's like, it's, it's, it's fair enough to try moving in, moving and living in Yorkshire and playing in the championship, but it's also fair enough to go, you know what? I'm, just, I'm not up to this. Like, mm. I'm not, I'd rather be there. And you're right. So you can separate out the, the, what sounds like it's a, a situation that they want solving quickly with the impending uh, birth of the surviving twin and all that's got to happen. Um, the baby's due before Christmas. So that's why he's, right, I can go back to Madrid now and just forget about football for a couple of weeks, get through that, um, and hopefully all will be well, and then I'll just be in Madrid all the time. And also I won't be training Bielsa hours, I won't be from fucking eight till eight every day, I might actually get to see my new family. But you can sort of understand, right, he doesn't care about Leeds United being promoted. A few people say, you know, oh, it could be a, it could have become a legend if he hung on for, for five more months. He's not fucking bothered. He just wants to nutmeg people all yeah. the time. And watching him against QPR. That's uh, the, well, it's the fans. That's, sorry to interrupt. I was mm. going to say, that's the fans thing, isn't it? You think, I really want him to think like that. I want him to think like me, but he's, he's not. As in, if there's, if the, you know, a Spanish speaking, Spanish heavy club with Marcelo Bielsa at the helm, if that's not going to keep you in England, yeah. where you can get promoted and you're on the verge of Premier League, when what is Premier League wages? Yeah, he's turning, even if we didn't renegotiate his contracts, I'm sure there's a bonus in there. If you go up, you get X amount automatically. So he could probably, maybe he still gets that on a loan deal. I don't know. But yeah, watching him against QPR, it was Naki Wells who kept coming back and kicking his ankles every time he got the ball. And you could see him getting just like, why the fuck can I not just nutmeg somebody and just enjoy spraying some passes around. Why have I got a toil with these idiots? Like it's, an opposition, it's, vulgar. it's vulgar. It is. An opposition striker chasing you down in your half, hacking at your ankles until he, it happened a few times. And each time it took him like two or three times before he went down and said to the referee, can I have a free kick for this? Whereas, I mean, I'm stereotyping La Liga here, but I'm sure if an opposition striker breathed on him over there, came close enough to even pant down his, his shoulder, free kick. It sounds like whatever problems he's got from a personal point of view, from a football point of view, he's just gonna, he is just better suited to playing, living in Madrid, playing in a, for a, in La Liga. And Getafe are kind of middling, but they're on the edges of the UEFA Cup places. And he had the option, because it took him ages to decide to come to Leeds as well. There was those 
weeks when he was on holiday discussing it with his family. So it sounded like he had, because he had offers from La Liga, Huesca got promoted with him, so he could have stayed with them and then they were getting offers to sell him to another La Liga club or come to England. And it sounds like he's given us a go and it's worked out in some ways, but then you think about how much of last season he spent suspended, which was his own fault, and then Moody after that, which again, I'm going to blame Paul Heckenbottom rather than him. <laughs> You know, Pontus Janssen does his live streaming on playing Counter-Strike on Twitch. And somebody said to him about getting Paul Heckenbottom back. And he, he bursts out laughing and goes, puts on an English accent and goes, nah, mate, we don't want Heckenbottom back. Brilliant. <laughs> As if it was fucking hilarious. So yeah. playing for Bielsa is one thing, but if he'd come to this decision in the summer and just thought, I want out of this because fucking Paul Heckenbottom's ruined my life. Did Saiz go to Myanmar as well? Was he on that trip? He was, wasn't he? Will he will have been. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that was it. <laughs> so there's a lot, there is kind of a lot went on with him personally where you can think it's fair enough for him to go, I'll yeah. cut my losses and go home. I've no doubt he is a, probably the most talented player we've had in, well, potentially since the prem, since we've been out of the Premier League. He's, he's, he is that good on his day, but yeah, like you say, he's not, he's maybe not as bothered. As he, could, as he could be. Well, there was a sharp collective intake of breath earlier on today when his, uh, his supposed replacement in the form of Izzy Brown went down in that under-23s game. Christ. But it uh, turns out it's it, they're not worried. Mm. Are you worried? They're not worried. It's just a tight hamstring, but are you worried? I mean, Patrick Bamford drove home when he'd done his posterior cruciate ligament. <laughs> and I was like, that'll be fine. We'll just give it a scan in the morning. And they are giving Brown a scan in the morning. So by the time this podcast release, you'll probably have heard that he's, he'll be back to Chelsea. He'll be doing a Jamal Blackman Instagram thumbs up with his leg in plaster. Who's up holding up the shirt this time? <laughs> Why did no one hold up a Cooper shirt? Well, because Cooper had to organise it for Jamal Blackman. So you couldn't really do that kind of thing for yourself. Hey, we've scored. Comes running on. Ow, ow, ow. No, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> we're, putting a lot of, we're putting a lot of faith in Brown, aren't we? feel like there's, we're kind of holding him up as it. This guy's definitely going to be good enough. I he, think he is good enough. It's just whether he's fit enough. Yeah, he was injured a lot at Huddersfield as well. It's a big injury that he's coming back from as well. Mm. Lewis Baker will be all right. He'll come good. <laughs> He'll sort himself out. So he hasn't been playing much, but when he has come on, we were talking about it in the previous pods, changing games even just by being on the pitch and that. He was fucking brilliant watching him play. Like some of the things he did were just absolutely fantastic. We're going to miss that potential. Jack Clark can hopefully, I don't want to put too much pressure pressure on the child, but he can fulfil that, that talent stuff. And then Hernandez, hopefully Brown. The thing is uh, when Ailing uh, returns, that frees Shackleton to maybe go back into his actual position. And there are things that can shuffle. And when Cooper comes back, Phillips can move forward. And there's there are options. And I keep forgetting, and it keeps not being mentioned, the first time uh, when we signed Matches Click, the first game I, I found a downloaded a game that he played, playing for 20 against Ajax. And I thought he was a number 10. I thought we'd signed him to replace Pablo because he, he was just behind the strikers, playing absolutely superbly. So he's, I think we've tried him there. Maybe in a League Cup match this season, he wasn't very good, but he's got the potential that he could do that job as well. So there's the shuffling around that we could do. And we'll probably stick Pontus Janssen there. Apo Halmey can play there, but he also will come up with some mental scheme. <laughs> scheme. Find somebody who will go beyond the under-23s and try to find somebody even younger. What's the youngest player you can legally play in the championship? <laughs> I reckon we might play a formation with a, a zero in the middle of it at some point. Like a 4 2 zero. Three one or yeah. something. <laughs> How many does that add up to? <laughs> About fifteen. Who cares? Fine. Bielsa does what he wants. Um, one player who has been touted as the window approaches. I know Marcelo said we 
Well, he didn't say we weren't getting anybody. He said it would have to be somebody of great quality. Mm. I buy Gomez, who's at Alaves, just turned 29. He's a winger. He played for Bielsa at Athletic Bilbao. He's um, getting heavily linked. Left winger. We've got his whoscored.com profile that says his strengths are crossing key passes and set pieces and his weaknesses are passing, passing so, and so defensive work. I feel this undermines somewhat your reliance on who scored for data for the match previews. But So, he's, um, so just to reiterate there, his, strength, I mean, his strengths are key passes, but his weaknesses are passing. He can only do key passes. I mean, that's all right. If he's not going to create a goal, not asked. Kicks it out of play. Is it, that's <laughs> Nothing the, on. It's the classic creative winger profile. I'm sure Victor Orta's report on him says exactly the same as what I'm saying now. I'll say, yeah, this... This, he'll be perfect. Knowing nothing nothing about him. No. Do you want, do you want him? Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> Why not? I mean, if Bielsa knows him, if he's his mate, that's fine. Although he seems to be being linked with Leicester now as well, which is a bit concerning given they have Premier League money. I mean, I assume this guy is a superstar because Bielsa says he will only sign players who can just come in and bomb, do the job, or we're just not going to sign anybody. So I'm quite comfortable with us not signing anybody. I kind of like this. I like the just... Get more children. Because we are getting a little bit cut down with uh, Blackman going back and say he's actually being sold. He's been saying he'll replace Blackman because that's a player who has gone out of the building. Saez has now gone out of the building. So we'll find out, I guess, in his next press conference if that changes that view. But... Maybe Stuart Dallas's best position is a number 10. We just don't know. He's injured as well. I keep forgetting to add him to the uh, the list of injured players. Maybe because I don't think he's very good, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I actually prefer... Don't be that. mean that you've been unpositive again. No, well, the positive is that one of the best I prefer things... Shackleton. Yes, exactly. I enjoyed the theory this week that uh, our lack of transfer activity and the departure of Saez was in some way connected to the um, questionable fortunes of 11 Sport UK division. Well, it's all the same money, isn't it, basically? <laughs> that theory that, like, Andrea Radrizzani has got one bank account for the entire world. Yeah, it's and... just got one, one checkbook. Yeah. Seems legit. Uh, some of the quotes on how Eleven Sports have, have launched in the UK are interesting. These guys were just totally naive, said one source. Other sports broadcasters said, if we're not losing many customers because we don't have the content they have, they'll need to come with us to pay to for us to broadcast it and if they don't we'll just pick up the rights when they go bust the um, 11 sports spokesman said that the the existing condition for broadcasting is quite hostile in this country and uh, yeah and Sky and TV and Virgin have just said alright well you nicked La Liga and you nicked Serie A offers so we're not going to let you broadcast them through our platform, our yeah. platforms and their deal with it's the ultimate fighting championship see I know about this stuff required them to have that in place and they don't, so now they're they're screwed. Yeah, for the benefit of anybody who hasn't heard this story, this is the UK arm of Andrea Radrizzani's company, Eleven Sports, not faring so well in the TV market. They reckon I saw, I think it was somewhere in one of the reports, fifty thousand subscribers. Yes, they're making, which would mean they were making about three hundred grand a month. And that's incomes. So that doesn't even count like operational costs. costs of what they're doing, and then having spent many millions, they're trying to hold on to the streaming rights if they can. They're trying to sell back the television rights and then they'll keep doing it on Facebook or whatever when they can and then also preserving their money for uh, the other countries where they're in because they run Polish TV and Belgian and all this kind of stuff so I think they're getting out before this gets very expensive and before we have to sell Jack Clark to pay for their losses I'm aware this podcast is free but a large business should have more than five times the amount of subscribers as uh, as this podcast I would say 
it's maybe overvalued how much people actually care about Italian and Spanish football as well. People want to watch like a game because they have it and it happens to be on Sky. As you said before, when we discussed the TV rights, it's, it's one of those things, if it's on and you're a football fan, you might watch it, but you're not going to go out your way to seek it out, really. No. Like very dedicated. Kievo against Napoli or something. No one's really paying for that, I don't think. No. Because LUTV is ropey at the best of times and because this has gone wrong, I think there is an impression that 11 sports don't know what they're doing completely, but they're in other countries, they are legitimate, like they are primary sports broadcaster. They're absolutely fine. I think they've coming up against it, just realised trying to break Sky and BT, like they're having their own private war and they're not interested in fighting with anybody else. And they've taken a taken a potato to a billionaire Rolls Royce fight. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, the one to watch out for because the new TV deal kicks in this summer, doesn't it? So we'll benefit from me when we're in the Premier League. Amazon have picked up a package for over the Christmas holidays. next year. So this time next year, and we're all sat there ordering everything off Amazon for Christmas. We'll be watching Leeds United uh, destroy Manchester United on Christmas Eve on Amazon, probably. We'll be able to get like Jack Clark like posted to me next day, prime delivery. Because you're doing like two hours now. Can I can I order Jack Clark online and you'll, he'll just come round? Well, it'll be left behind your wheelie bin, but yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Big Christmas preview. Well, this is our last podcast before Christmas, by the way. Big Christmas preview on the way for you in a bit. First of all, heroes and villains. Uh, villains who has inflicted misery, had a negative effect on our emotions across the last week. This one, uh, named in honour of Ken Bates, as it was originally conceived. Candidates this time. Ken Bates, obviously. We've all seen Scrooge. So we know what he's going to be doing for the next few weeks, trying to ruin Christmas for all the young children of Monaco. The poor, impoverished um, youngsters in the streets um, that he'll be smiting. I think he'll be smiting children. So, yeah, he's nominated for smiting children at Christmas. We've got Neil Warnock down here, and I'm not sure if it's Warnock, Mackay, um, White House, the other two Mackays. I'm not sure who. I'm not sure who the real villain is. But um, what's the story, though? First, tell us that. Well, people who remember us. Uh, magnif- our magnificent performance at Sutton will remember a young lad out on the wing, sort of, I think. 
Uh, I mean, he was kind on the of, pitch. I think he was on. He was out wide somewhere. Billy Whitehouse is now playing in. I believe it's the seventh or the eighth tier mm. for Tadcaster, uh, the nephew of. Uh, Willie Mackay the football agent whose two sons uh, 21 years old are at Cardiff Premier League Cardiff used to be with us didn't they used to be with us oh, and well. at Doncaster where he also has some links but um, I think one of them's played one game for, for Leeds neither of them have played any games for Cardiff but they've got a couple of years deal there which is which is quite good it's for some them. experience yeah that's, yeah that's the thing the, the ones for the future late late bloomers I think is what they're, what they're thinking and now would you believe Neil Warnock's interested in signing I'm sure he's ex- scouting extensively the the seventh, eighth, ninth tiers of, mm. of English football. Billy Whitehouse but, is tearing it up, I understand. Well, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. So yeah, he's now looking at a Premier League move, which feels wrong. Is that why you want to say it's villainous? Because it, it just feels wrong. It just feels villainous. Inversely or conversely to Ken Bates, being very nice to young people at Christmas. I'm sure there's more deserving players at Tadcaster Albion who could, who could go to a Premier League club managed by... Neil Warnock, but Neil Warnock perhaps Chris, doesn't, doesn't know their, uh, their uncles nice as well. It's a nice time for getting gifts for family, isn't it? It is. This time of year. So, so. yeah, perhaps this isn't the, the villainous story. It's quite a heartwarming, <laughs> heartwarming tale of a... Um, Spreading wealth amongst a, a family. Yes, one particular family. That's good. I was on the right side of the law, I think. I think we'll be all right with that, yeah. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> what's his face who played? Jason Punchin can get away with it. Warnock didn't sue him, did he? Funny that. Can it? I just please don't repeat those <laughs> allegations on here because <laughs> you can look them up. <laughs> anyway, Jimmy Hasselbank, I'm nominating Jimmy Hasselbank. A little bit of a game for you to play to work out why I'm nominating him. Who did Jimmy Hasselbank say this about? I am confident that if he keeps working and he keeps going like he is, he can play in the Premier League. Who's Jimmy said that about this week? A Leeds player. Um, a player with a Leeds connection. I'll give you one guess each. Throw a name at me, Michael. Ross McCormack. <laughs> no. Dan? I'm going to say Chris Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> Almost more believable. Right. I'm, if he keeps working hard and keeps going like he is, he can play in the Premier League. Matthew Grimes. Jimmy Hasselbank, yeah. villain of the of the podcast for that absolute right. Grimes or absolute Baker nonsense. Baker's mum hasn't got all shirts no. yet, has she? So exactly, we're still. Miss, still Mrs G was particularly. She was really put out, wasn't she? Yeah, she was going to Mama, Mama G show uh, show those horrible Leeds fans what who's boss. I and mean, Baker's got quite a large head, so you have got to feel for his his mother. In that respect. <laughs> Baker seems like a nice guy, just can't play football, so I don't have a problem with him. Whereas Grimes was. Uh, He's just one of those players. Got unpleasant. really annoyed when people weren't happy with him being shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, right? No right to abuse this this guy for being awful. I go in and do a bad job every day, but I take it on the chin. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one with a, a heavy heart, we have to nominate Samuel Saez, don't we? Yeah. Personal stuff aside, he has caused us misery as Leeds fans, and so purely rather than a humanist point of view, but from a Leeds fans point of view, yes. Don't cry, it's over. Smile because it happened and all that. There were some good times. There were some very good times. Those early days when we didn't really know what to expect and he just was taking the piss and scoring mm-hmm. goals. He stopped scoring goals though, didn't he? Would you be more pissed off if he came back for Premier League millions in the summer? To us or elsewhere. To us. I'd be annoyed if he signs for like Burnley for 25 million in a year's time. <laughs> like, if you've been to Burnley, don't do this. 
I don't think he'll be coming back. I think he's turned his back on, on England. Maybe he'll pull a, a John Terry and he'll turn up at our promotion party in a full kit. Get a, get a weekend pass from the missus. Like, oh, I'm just going back to Le- to Leeds this weekend. Oh, no, no reason. And the next thing we know, he's pissed, rolling around Bow Lane on his back. I mean, it's a little bit the opposite of Grimes, who uh, nobody gave a toss when he left. Do give a toss about him leaving. I am miserable that he's going. And it's his fault. Ultimately, he, by being as good for Leeds United as he was, well, actually, no, that's the wrong way of saying it, for being as good a player as he was, because he's not particularly been good for us, he was great to watch in an individual sense. Yeah, that just makes his departure so much better. We can't give it to Saez. I'm not having him as a villain. We've just we've just opened a window to let the let the butterfly <laughs> out. It's all we've done. <laughs> You're free to go now. Yeah, but then you chuck a chair after it. You probably miss. So it's just like it's a I feel like this is just our expression of anger. Just like getting mm. it out of our system. We've released him from his Weatherby frustrations and now we need to release our sorrow by giving him an imaginary award. I think we've got two, we're facing two options. We've got two options here. We either cancel it in honour of Saez leaving, or we just give it to Neil Warnock for everything. Hey, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Etc. He'd chuckle, wouldn't he, if he knew he'd, if he knew he'd won? No, fact, he'd which be, we want to avoid. He'd be fucking livid. No, this is the kind of thing that you would not find funny at all. Remember that famous story of him reversing up a carriageway after a daffodil thief? This is the kind of injustice. They've given me fucking what, Sharon? Yeah, let's give it to him. Let's see if we can spoil Neil Warnock's Christmas. I expect to hear about this at his next press conference. I'm fucking fuming. Seems fair. Absolutely seems fair. Congrats, Neil. Once again, uh, I think probably a repeat winner of this. We haven't really kept a tally, have we? Sean Sean Harvey's somewhere out in front. So yeah, the Ken Bates Villainy Award goes to Neil Warnock and Associated Associates. On to the Andy Hughes Hero Award. Somebody who has sent things in the opposite direction. Joy, happiness. And there's plenty to be happy about right now. It ain't Lewis Baker, that's for sure. You start then the returning Pat Bamford's. Comes off the bench, scores with his first touch. Got to be happy with that. I mean, even if he hadn't, you'd just be pleased to see him. He's such a nice lad. He's like an enthusiastic cousin's boyfriend you'd meet at a wedding or something. If you sat next to him and you'd think, oh, he's a nice lad, isn't he? He's a bit daft, but he seems nice. I'm sure she's, they're a nice couple. Yeah, you'd probably swap numbers and you'd arrange to like, meet up for drinks. You think he's going to be your mate and like, you'd never see you'd him never, again. Never, never, never actually contact Not your sort of person. No. <laughs> All right for a wedding, but yeah. beyond that. Said a few racist things over the dessert. You've changed your mind. <laughs> That's just the fictional character. The fictional not, character, yeah, not, no, not no, Pat Bamford. No, sure, no. Pat Bamford is just an economic conservative. Like his, uh, his other views are, uh, are probably absolutely fine. As opposed to a profound racist. Yeah, good. Do we want to give a nod for the medical team who returned very open-minded Pat Bamford to our bosom? It very much depends on what state Izzy Brown is in by the time this podcast comes out. I think it's hard to predict. They may have mended Bamford, but what have they done to Izzy? Maybe they've, unless they've, because we don't own Izzy Brown. So if they've harvested bits of Brown to fix Bamford, perfectly fine with that. <laughs> they've done an operation on him, being like, oh, we just need to sort this cartilage out. And they're like, pull that, pull that in, pull that in, Pat. <laughs> he needs it. He's ours. We've paid for him. <laughs> Do you think that's the whole reason why we've got Lewis Baker? Strip Is it just in case we need, we need some bits? <laughs> Maybe we've kept medical rights over Jamal Blackman. So if you can't fix him, just send him back up here. Insert Jamal Blackman's really long leg bone in somebody tiny. You could get, you could give uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell another foot using just one of his legs. Swap give him a seven foot two goalkeeper. Yeah, just swap, swap his, the legs out. Swap his bones with Jamal Blackman. 
It'd be perfect. It'd be twice the keeper he is now. Stick in your face later. I can't do his thing. Put his legs. As long as he don't get it wrong and they swap his legs for his arms or That's something daft like that. That's what I was about to say. Because he'd be really big. <laughs> Bailey Peacock Farrell comes back like a spider. He's got eight le- eight legs, <laughs> four arms and four legs standing in the goal. That'll put the opposition strikers off anyway. You're not going to score past that. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> and we want to give our medical team an award for this horror? Oh, dear yeah. me. Frankenstein's keeper. Oh, God. <sighs> anyway, Pablo had a good game again, didn't he? Nice assist. Yeah. Nice nutmeg. <clears throat> not mega sister's got to be uh, worthy of a, an award. And um, related to that, Valencia Whites in Valencia, when Scum were playing there in the European Cup this week, they put up a special, they painted a special Scum slash Pablo Hernandez mural with a smiley badge. And I think it said something, I can't remember exactly what the Scum word was. Scum Free Zone. Scum Free Zone. And that's the part that got had to be painted over by insensitive fans. It was only when you saw the full video of where they put it, it was right next to where the away fans go in. So it's superb. <laughs> we're still <laughs> we're still imagining imagining him rearing up on his back legs with his I think it would go from the shoulders down it would go legs, arms, arms, legs <laughs> and then probably have uh, feelers coming out of his head as well <laughs> Mutant Ingo. <laughs> Genetic Mutant Ingo. Oh, Christ, I'm in bits. Commentators wouldn't know what to do with it, would they? <laughs> As you, you may have noticed, Bailey Peacock Farrell doesn't so much resemble a, a bird as a horrifying insect. <laughs> 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 Don, Good- Don Goodman saying, I think really the Football League have got to clamp down on this. Leeds United yet again disgracing football by having a mutant spider He's got in him goal. four-footed on him. <laughs> you can see on the replay, <coughs> goes in with one boot, then another boot, and then another boot, oh, sick. and another boot. Four-footed. <laughs> no. Where were we then? Um, I just come and get out. Um, it said scum-free zone, and they were so hurt by this that it had to be hastily painted over but they left the smiley badge and a very photorealistic portrait of uh, Pablo Hernandez I think it's uncanny the it was, likeness it was, yeah it was amazing they really um, captured the eyes but it's beautiful it was great I really applaud the effort into just sticking that right next to the Man United fans who then went in there and um, lost and I think really reveling in the fact that Jose Mourinho is ruining them um, hilariously and Phil Jones own goal in that match was just an absolute joy I just wonder if he was so distracted maybe because it was about an hour into the game he probably just thought I've just realised what that thing was outside oh shit so all Phil Jones has only just realised that Man City have won the league um, do we have an outstanding candidate here then I, I'm leaning towards Pablo because he's been brilliant recently yeah um, we're not a one man team but if we were that man would be Pablo. Or do we want to go for the medical team for the possibility of a mutant goalkeeper? Well, I'm just frightened of them now. <laughs> Maybe I want to give it to them just so that they won't come and like harvest my body. I've got nothing here you want. 
Rob Price. No, Pablo Hernandez. He not he nutmegged a player that we already nutmegged in another match for an assist. Your classic double nutmeg scenario. I watched the um, George Best documentary on BBC last night, and I can't remember but some I think Harry Gregg. I think he's called some old school centre back, and he said uh, training George Best. He said he put it through my legs, then he put it through again, and I said if you do that one more time, I'll break your neck. <laughs> Different times. Right, Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming and we've got loads and loads of games. First up, Villa on Sunday, followed by Blackburn and Hull, the two home fixtures. Uh, what are we feeling, Michael? Just win every game now, don't we? Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple, straightforward. Probably promoted. I, mm, what's mathematically the earliest we can do it? Probably end of Feb. Well, we're still looking for the point where it just turns into draws to drop us into the playoffs so we can lose at Wembley. So that'll happen, yep. We've got to make up for losing Saez over Christmas. We've got to give us some replacement joy so I think we'll win we'll beat Aston Villa handsomely and then uh, and then the two games after that should be fine Seriously though Villa do you think Villa this is the big not the big test but the most significant marker of where this season's heading if we win this one you've got to think bloody hell we've got every chance If we win we definitely yeah but I think West Brom you could have said was a significant marker as well and we got battered and then just won some other games because mm. in the Championship you can lose loads of games and still go up it's quite I, nice it's not like the Premier League where it's ridiculous and you know you're relying on Man City drawing to get ahead of them you can lose 10 games and still go up and we can we can probably afford to, as long as we beat Blackburn and Hull we can lose to Villa it doesn't really matter we've already beaten the league well who were the league leaders before we overtook them 3-0 at their place Norwich that didn't look like a top of the table clash at this point and although we are hyping up Villa as the the one to win they're not in the automatic promotion places we are so fuck them Dean Smith's been talking up saying that they they reckon they're going to score there's one guarantee is they're going to score we're pretty miserly and if they give us space to play in could be interesting I mean we know from the Brentford game that Dean Smith um, encourages cheating so I fully expect to see some of that I don't know I've, I still feel a lot of residual bitterness towards Villa for 1996 to be perfectly honest so I hope we batter them and I hope they never get out of this division. And I hope Savo Milosevic is happy. Are we going to go for another 4-1 televised Sunday game, like 91-92, back-heeled corner routine? Do you think we'll be wearing the yellow kit? Yes, I do. I think we will. I think they think it's a lucky kit now. Well, we'll find out. If anybody can uh, organise a back-heel corner routine, it is going to be Pablo Hernandez and Jack Clark. I think megging someone from a corner is the next challenge. Because you're not, you're not allowed to be within 10 yards of that. But I reckon Pablo can bend someone's mind. So they just, he can drag the legs open. Through the sounding gate. filthy, to be honest. <laughs> Everything Pablo Hernandez does sounds filthy when he comes down to it. And I'm fine with that. How does this one go, boys? How does it go? To defer to whoscored.com temporarily, there are five separate entries for very strong, well, four of which really are attack-based um, and also coming back from losing positions is the other one. So when Dean Smith is saying uh, we will score goals, that's one guarantee. We do have a tendency to just play with Pontus Janssen at the back. So this will be a bigger test than Bolton. I think we'll win. I've just got that feeling. It's going to be fine. I kind of feel like we're going to lose, but that's okay. Well, I'll tell you what then. You go for that, I'll go for the draw, and then we've covered all bases. Yeah, oh. okay. Uh, Blackburn and Hull at home, two games we should win, Boxing Day and then the 29th. They're both sort of bobbing around mid-table, not doing particularly much. Blackburn, I feel like we owe for the game earlier in the season. Yeah, looking at, again, um, our friends at whoscored.com, their assessment of uh, of Blackburn's strengths is as follows. Creating chances using through balls. And chicken. That's it. 
There is nothing else apart from that. Their weakness is uh, number six. There are six weaknesses, top of which is keeping possession of the ball, which seems kind of fundamental to me. That's that's a, a, a lot. It's a lot of football, isn't it? There's a lot of what happens in football. Yeah, Blackburn's style of play, non-aggressive. It just doesn't look from this like they're really going to give us that much of a test. But then that's what I thought before we went to Ewood Park. Now we'll beat Blackburn. Boxing Day, be absolutely fine. All the players will be uh, really enthusiastic for playing the day after Christmas. <laughs> they won't be at all jealous of Samu sort of Snapchatting them whether he's just sat at home playing on his PS4. Do you think they've removed him from their WhatsApp group? Do you think they've done that? Do you think he was in it in the first place? I thought Janssen put a slightly pointed tweet, didn't he? Saying it's not about one player. Well, admittedly posting a big picture himself. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, it was hard to tell whether he did mean, like, it's not about that player or if he was just saying, you know, we are a team, whatever yeah. happens, while posting a big picture himself. Yeah, I can't really imagine. I think by the time Says would have had anything in the WhatsApp translated, it would have the joke would have moved on. He's not going to have been kept up. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he's gone. He just felt left out of all the banter. Bless him. I feel bad again for him now. I hate the word banter. Well, that's what he was left out of. So there's no getting away from it. <laughs> Feels like we need to win these two games because I had a look at the fixtures. January, we're away four times out of five. That sounds like too many. That sounds like it must be a fix. Well, we are at at, at home. the end of the season, count up, I reckon we've had probably play away more than at home. The snuck them in. Sean Harvey's devilry. Mm. Yeah, we need to keep a close eye on that kind of thing. Well, one of them's a cup game. We've got to allow that. No, not for me. It should be two legs. We should have a chance. <laughs> An equal chance. Because what we fair. need is more games and more injuries. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So do we feel that after this run of fixtures, we're kind of going to know where this goes? Because it's been confirmed now, nil-nil between Forest and Derby. So we have a six-point cushion now going into this Christmas spell. If we're still in a similar position at the end of Christmas, game on? I mean, it has yeah. To, it has to be game on now. And that's the worst thing about it. Are we are we doing a full Theresa May here and just kicking the can further down the road and none of us want to kind of take responsibility for the fact that we need to call this at some point? We should really go up. Well, that's done it now, hasn't it? <laughs> Not saying we will, but you know, mm. we are quite a bit clear, quite good, generally. Some better players to come back. If I was looking at a different team, I'd say they were certain to go up. Can we maybe... We've got the we... best manager in the division. In the world. The world, yeah, in the world, yeah. the universe. Can we do something? Can we maybe another thing that the yellow kit's lucky? Could we maybe just get them to wear like another team's kit for the rest of the season? Maybe change all the players, change the club's name, just so that it doesn't feel like it's Leeds United doing this, and we don't have to go through it with them. We can have a little bit of detachment and confidence that it won't blow up on us. Here's what it is, right? If we come out of this Christmas period in the similar or same position or whatever, I think that's when it'll start to be everyone goes, it's on now. I mean, we have this reputation as Leeds fans, but it was a bit last season of giving ourselves the trophy in September or whatever. Because what we're starting to lean towards is that from January onwards, it does just become like a celebration tour. <laughs> We've nailed this now. Statistically, nobody has ever lost from this position. But I think deep down, I think we're all terrified when it comes down to it. There's nobody is confident about this. We're all frightened of winning. And it's, so the, the next few months are going to be hell. I almost hope that we lose these next three games <laughs> just so I don't have to go through the stress. A nice big points deduction or something. Oh, just that would us, be... Just to get us right out of brilliant. it. Brilliant. <laughs> just, just get us back get 20 down points to off. Yeah, so that there's no chance of us getting involved in the, the, the 
promotion race again. <laughs> just knock it on the head We've now. given it a try. Just like Samu tr- came to England, gave it a try. We've tried being at the top. Yep. It frightens us. We want to go back down. So, I saw a brilliant tweet back in response to one that uh, I put out from the Squareball account. It was along the lines of, kind of got a little bit of a Stockholm syndrome about the championship now in that, do we want to go up? Really? I think a lot of people would rather go to League One. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Like <laughs> Big ticket allocations. Yeah. New ground. Day out at Sunderland. That'd be a, a laugh. Renew that rivalry. Yeah, it's it's all very strange, isn't it? It's not how I, bearing in mind when we ended last season with uh, Paul Heckingbottom getting on a plane to Myanmar against his will. <laughs> I didn't think six months later we'd be sitting here, um, one, doing a podcast, that's surprising, and two, terrified of promotion to the Premier League with Marcello Bielsa, for fuck's sake. Who would have thought with the return of the podcast we would be staring at promotion? Unbeatable. People try to claim that we curse stuff, but really there's been nothing but success since we came back. That is actually true, amazingly. Admittedly, we've, you know, our best player has left the club and players have had serious injuries and... Jamal Blackman's lying carved up into yeah. a dozen pieces. Andrea Rodrizzani's business has fallen apart. But in spite of all that, we're top of the league and going up as fucking champions. Would, would now be a good time then perhaps to mention that we are taking a week off for Christmas. Well, we've got to celebrate Christmas. I think um, if we were to come in and do this sort of Christmas Eve or Boxing Day, it may end at least one slash two marriages and... You know, I quite like my children. I'd like to see them next year, take them to a game maybe, celebrate the promotion. So, yeah, we're going to have a week off uh, for Christmas. We'll be back uh, towards the back end of the year, hopefully around the... Uh, after the whole game we're going to aim for then? Yeah, I think Something so. Something along those lines. Right, we will do that. And if you fancy checking out, issue five of the magazine was the most recent one that came out against QPR. Issue six will be out in January, most likely Derby that'll go on sale, we think, because That's it's the, the only home game in the month. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. It's on a Saturday, at least. Uh, uh, yeah. Not anymore. Uh, well, we, at least we won't have this to contend with next year when we're in the Premier League. We'll be having Monday nights. That'll be interesting. And if you do fancy supporting what we do here, grab yourself a digital sob. It helps us fund all this nonsense at £12 for the year. £1 a month and you get all the magazines and we'll continue to bring you stuff like this. Also, if you want to kick yourself out over the winter months, we've got jumpers, hoodies, T-shirts all on sale. You can find all that at thesquareball.net. If you want to check us out on the socials as well, say hi. We are the Square Ball across all the the major platforms. Not LinkedIn. I was on LinkedIn for a, for a while, and it, Christ, it's impossible to get yourself off that, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus, still, I'm still getting emails. Yeah, it's dreadful, dreadful stuff. People trying to sell themselves. If Marcelo was on LinkedIn, what do you think he'd? He wouldn't, he wouldn't be on it. No, he wouldn't be on it. It's too much self respect. And on which note, we will sign off. Have a great Christmas, and we'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.